he hello? Is is anybody out there in in the Blackwood Forest? I hope you're not some type of horror as we get into part four. As as Grendel has said, if you like, you know, poke at them with your weapons, like yeah, they they, they feel physical and you can manipulate them and move them. And you know, as as you're like, you can see, you know, like a few inches into them, and you see like pockets of of openings amongst the twisting thorn brambles. Right, uh, it's not like you can't put your hand into this source of vegetation kind of thing. But those that are going to try to walk through and press through can give me. Uh, de a dexterity saving throw. How uh, uh, how high are they? They're like up, uh, like enormous. They're about thirty feet up, um, and they kind of again kind of disappear into the gloom of the forest. So I cat if I cast phantasmal steed and then cast enlarge reduce on it, it still wouldn't be tall enough for me to ride it through. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so are you just sending Grundle to see if it? Or is everyone going? Everyone's going to press through? I, I'm going over to the brambles, yes. I would try, so that's a seven. That's terrible. I'm hanging back. I had a nine. Uh, Grundle has a 14. Okay, unfortunately, um, those are all fails. So you're each going to take six piercing and seven necrotic damage. I'm going to talk to the bunny and say... Mr. Little Fluffernutter, we can't go that way. Which way should we go? The three of you also suffer a level of exhaustion. What? Oh, oh, shoot. As you, the three of you press through and walk into the brambles, Daniel and you just, like, you lose sight of them immediately as they're pressing through it. You can kind of see, like, the brambles shifting and then come to a stop as they get further and further through. But the three of you each press through and you you're free of the the you know the sticks and stabs of the thorns uh and you step into like out of the bramble but you press through into darkness uh you, even even with your dark vision you can no you can't see anything in in front of you the three of you hear distant howls echoing throughout the woods uh from somewhere in this inky darkness and an increasing pressure uh, that, that that nearly overwhelms you. There's this gnawing, stabbing feeling of like melancholy and hopelessness, and you you kind of realize that like these feelings have just been slowly building in you since entering the Blackwood Forest. Passing through the brambles is like almost stepping across this threshold, even within the woods, and suddenly it's just like come coming crashing down on you. This this feeling just all all around you. Could each of you give me, except Dandelion, give me a, an either an Arcana or Religion check, your, your choice. I rolled a five. Thirteen. If we're uh, in a competition who, for who rolled the least, that's a nine for Grundle, he has plus seven to Arcana. Uh, did each of you do that with disadvantage because each of you have a level of exhaustion? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh. Let's see if I can Good roll point. a one. 13 still. <laughs> I rolled higher. <laughs> yeah, it's still a nine. Yeah, still five. Okay. <laughs> so, Ravina, uh, you know, certainly as a ranger, you do have some type of magical capability. 
you're you're able to basically assess this new surrounding, even not being able to see anything. And there's clearly like that 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 overwhelming pressure is this this type of negative energy that just seems to drip from every part of the Blackwood Forest. So I learned nothing, really. Well, I mean, obviously you I mean, not nothing. Like you certainly know that <laughs> that negative energy has to be coming from somewhere, right? This seems like a useless effort. Maybe we should just turn around. This energy is obviously coming from somewhere. Uh, we could probably just kill it, you know. Energy. I, this I, I can't see anything. This is this is god awful. I can I can hear you guys, but I I can't see you. Grundle starts like waving around with his arms, trying to feel around him. What kind of magic is this? Well, I'm not quite sure. I guess I can just keep walking and like see if I can find the source. You guys don't even know what I'm talking about. Maybe I could blow it away with a little gust. Do you have some way to remove the magic? Make it disappear? When we're walking around, do we feel like like leaves on the ground and and trees around us, or we do feel like we're just void? Are you stumbling around in the dark? Yeah, I'm I'm walking forward with with a, a sword out bow out actually sort of tapping around in front of me yeah so so the the ground is like this overgrown vegetation that you fell before but you're you are clearly past the brambles and unlike kind of uh you know before where you first got into the the forest there really was no path you just even by feeling around like you're not getting branches whipping you in the face like you were before in, in the dark there is, there just seem like there's some type of path you've now somehow found yourself on. I believe that I've found some way to get through this, but I can't explain how, where, where I am. Here. Say, say Marco. Come to my voice. Okay. Dandelion. I hold my hands out like to feel for someone. Dandelion. We found a path. Yeah, I I start I start kind of walking, hands out, feeling in front of me, waving my hands around toward Malik's voice. So Grundle, you're able to find the back of Malik's knees, you know, like <laughs> as you're reaching about that height, probably, or or maybe his butt. I don't know how high you're reaching up. But <laughs> huh. oh, you found me, <laughs> <laughs> Dandelion. You hear like Ravina's muffled yelling for you. Ravina, there's a path. Oh, goodness. Okay. And I'll run into the brambles. Okay, give me a dexterity saving throw, please. A run. A run. A sprint. Ooh, that's that's the good start that you wanted, Bill. That's um, a six. Very nice. So you're going to take eight piercing damage and ten necrotic damage, and you suffer a level of exhaustion. And uh, the rest of you, like, hear the brambles rustling kind of behind you, right? As Dandelion, you now burst through the brambles into this this darkness. Come to my voice. Yeah, can't see. Go to go to uh, Malik. We're all right here. Okay, well, hold one second. That, oh, that, that hurt. That stings. I didn't like that. Um, you should have been more careful. I glare at you, even though you can't see me. <laughs> she can feel it. <laughs> I feel some more juju coming at me. Ooh, I'm gonna <laughs> cast cure wounds on myself. 
Grundle, give me. Can you give me an Arcana check with disadvantage, please? Thirteen. As you are stumbling around, it occurs to you, like you're not in magical darkness. There's obviously some type of effect that is limiting your dark vision, but like there's nothing. You don't. There's nothing to dispel or anything. Like it's not like from the darkness spell being cast on you. Like we could light a torch. Yes, uh, perhaps a torch may still give you some source of light. I guess we just keep wandering in the dark. Go ahead, Malik. You know, I I wonder if maybe this darkness isn't it doesn't seem quite right. Maybe if we if we spark a bit of flame or light, it might help us a little bit. Oh, light the forest on fire. I like how you think. Well, no, I was I was thinking just we could just start with a torch. Do any of you have torches? Yes, here. And I sort of kneel down. It's in my backpack. Pull it out, little man. You went on an adventure without a torch? Most other adventurers have torches, so it's a waste of space for me to bring one. Is this it here? Yes, my tinderbox is attached. Okay. Light it up. I feel around, like touching his face, <laughs> trying to help. Ow, ow. Grundle tries to get a spark and um, direct it towards the torch. He's kind of holding the torch between his knees and then using his hands to to spark toward it. Okay, I won't make you roll for that. <laughs> you, you successfully <laughs> light the torches. They are meant to be easy to light, right? That's their purpose. Yeah. So yes, you can you strike the torch. And, you know, obviously the this instant source of light in, in as you've been adjusted to the darkness, right? Each you need to shield your eyes. But it's clear that even the, the torch light is like dimmed and dampened in in this blackness of the forest. Rather than a 20 foot radius of bright light and then dim for another 20, basically that's halved. So you have bright light for 10 and dim light for 10 and your dark vision is functioning in the dim light like it should. So you're able to see about 20 feet like up and down this path. And like you had surmised uh, Malik with your feeling around with your bow, you do find yourselves on uh, like a, you know, five to 10 foot path. And again, this is like the first pathway you've found in the forest. The dandelion, if you consult the divining rod, it does direct you down this, this path as well. Mr. Flufferbot says we need to go down this path. And I'll hold the bunny with the divining rod and it's pointing down the path. Does anyone else want a torch? Because I have, I have one. I will light mine on yours. Thanks. I, I look at you, Ravina, and I say, you take the back, I'll lead. Sure. That way we sort of keep everybody in between us. And I slowly move forward uh, where the path is, sort of moving the torch back and forth, looking off to the side, making sure we're not in on a cliff or anything. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. And, like, on either side of you, it's it's like almost, it's just like wall of, of forest. Right, just that that th uh, same thick, dense uh, vegetation and those same strange, like black trees, you know, rising up like hundreds of feet above you into the huge canopy, which you know, disappearing into the darkness that you can't see above you because of the limit of, of the torch torch uh, light. Now, what? Follow the divining rod? Is that what the plan is? Do we still have this feeling of uneasiness and that feeling is has not gone away with even with you know the light isn't doing anything to to quell that feeling it's just 
and you're it's almost like you, you're you're in the heart of the forest now, right? Everything that's affecting it is just magnified here. I've never been in such a place. Can I pause a moment and see if I can hear anything off in the brambles? But yeah, absolutely. You can give me a perception. With disadvantage, because you have the level of exhaustion. I roll a 20 and a 14. So that, that is a 20. Yeah, you hear nothing from the vegetation around you. This is spooky. I've never known a natural area to be so quiet. Doesn't really seem very natural to me. No, this is the strangest forest I've ever been in. I say we give it some time and then this job may not be worth it. Uh, I believe we're kind of stuck here. How do we get back? Well, I mean, there's a path to follow now, but uh, just keep your rod out. I'll keep up the back, and uh, we keep putting one foot in front of the other, guys. Uh, for now, I'm with you. And I move on. So just follow the path. And the divining rod does seem to pull you down and along this, this kind of twisting and turning trail in, in, in the blackness. Uh, Ravina and, and Malik, uh, I mean, obviously, like, we've discussed that you don't, you can't tell the direction back to Gullham, which, again, is not correct. It's peculiar, right? There's obviously something interfering with, with your your ranger abilities. But you, you can certainly tell enough that, like, as you're progressing down the trail, uh, and it's, you know, branching past, uh, it's definitely, like, switchbacking and looping around on themselves uh, in areas, it seems. Mm. Looking over your shoulder, you know, every so often back to, like, the part of the trail that you just traversed, oftentimes you'll find that it's just gone. The trail no longer exists behind you. It's just walls of tree trunks and, and craggy shrubs kind of replacing it. Discerning the, the passage of time kind of seems nearly impossible outside of, like, you know, your your physical feelings, like... You start to get hungry, and uh, your, your your muscles and your feet are aching as, as you're traversing, and, you know, the typical kind of aches that you would experience uh, over long bouts of, of travel. And other than those physical characteristics, obviously the the length of which the your torches burn for, you know, you know, an average torch usually burns for uh, about an hour, but even judging how long... Or, or whether or not that torch's effect is, uh, whether it's, it burns longer or shorter, even that's difficult to tell. As you, you've are, you've gone through like five torches by this time, as they've snuffed out and catching the last embers of the first torch to light the second one and then chain, chaining them, right? Every so often, though, as, as you are traversing, you think you kind of see this, like a, a, a spot of, of light, like an orange kind of yellow glow high above you, up towards the, the canopy, outside of your range of your, your torchlight, right? And then, you know, you maybe one of you catches it for, for a second, and then it kind of winks out. And you see that three or four times as you're progressing, always kind of off to, like, either your right or your, your left, never really in front of you. Does anybody else feel like we're being herded? We're walking in circles. It is running out of time here. Eventually there'll be no torches left and we'll be sitting here in the dark. Is there something wrong with your rod? Yeah, has the rod been more or less 
like pointing the direction we're going this whole time? It has. It has. It, it does seem like it's le- wherever it's leading to you. It, it's not leading you off of a trail or like through the 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 thick vegetation. It always seems like it's pointing you down this this pathway. One, it is not my rod. It was given to me. Two, you are more than welcome to try and use it yourself. I'm good. Grundle, you mentioned you have the ability to fly. I know the canopy is very thick, but I've noticed something off to my periphery. Some soft lights from time to time, high up in the canopy. Do you think you could fly up and try to make your way through to get us some kind of indication of where we are? Couldn't we just toss him up in the air? Nobody throws an illusionist. <laughs> I, I could certainly go take a look, try and make my way through the canopy. It does look dense, but I'm quite small. Here, take the torch with you so we can see where you go. Yeah, I've got one down here. We're good. When we see this light, is it like just occasionally? Like if we were just to stand still and wait until we see this flicker... To give him an indication on where to go is my question. If Is this something that happens like every four or five minutes, or is it something that every hour or two? Uh, well, again, not being able to properly judge the passage of time, at least in the five torches that it's burned, you probably uh, noticed this light about four times. Now, you can certainly uh, sit tight and... You know, wait until you see it again without progressing forward, and then Grundle can be pop off the fly and go for it. I'm going to suggest that before you cast the spell. Okay. So I think we sit down, have some rations, and look for the light. Do we want a nice little bonfire to sit around? Sure. I will create a bonfire on the ground. Uh, fills a five-foot cube. Don't stand where I cast it, please. <laughs> uh, and I will check first to make sure there's no flammable objects on the ground before I cast it. Define flammable. Again, The the while there's a clear break in the trees, the, the forest floor is still complete vegetation. Oh, and everything that's within the bonfire, the five-foot cube, is going to catch on fire. We could kick away some of this stuff. I think it's a good idea to take a short rest anyway, even if it is... Okay, so you avoid uh, setting the entire forest on fire here. Dandelion can pop down uh, her, her bonfire. And what type of light does that throw as far as its radius? It just says it fills a five-foot cube. Okay, uh, it's probably similar to a torch. But regardless, again, like even... And uh, Dandelion, obviously you know this. It's only throwing half as much light as it should. Yeah, it's more for um, fake comfort. Right, a little ambiance. <laughs> yes. Oh, I love fake comfort. It's the best kind of comfort. So you all would like to settle in for a short rest? Yes. Yes. All right. Uh, could each of you, if you want to give me a perception check while you're uh, sitting here around the nice little faux fire. Is that with disadvantage? Uh, you have exhaustion. That's correct. It's a skill check. 21. That is with disadvantage. Because I also rolled a 20 again. I I've got... Two sevens, and that's with a plus six. (laughs) (laughs) I got 11. Eight for Grendel. Uh, Dandelion, as you've uh, kind of cozied yourself uh, into this fire, that kind of uh, rustling sound or movement within the 
forested area, the, the tree walls, you know, off of the path that you were kind of initially listening for, um, and, you know, perhaps continuing to keep an eye out as you had been progressing, right? Keep an ear out. An ear out, yes, thank you. You do hear, uh, like, this, this, the soft rustling kind of um, ahead of you off of the path. Higher up, it's just very, very faint. I don't know if your faux fire crackles, but if it did, uh, even above that, you could just barely make it out. Something moving around in there. Does anybody else hear that? Listen, listen, that way. I can't hear anything. Something's rustling. Up in the trees. Hello? Yes, call out to the scary thing out in the darkness. It's a good idea. Might not be scary. Ravina, go, go investigate it. Use your tail. Says the guy who can fly. Where do you hear this? That way, up there. What? Well, it could be something helpful. It might be. I won't shoot it if it is. Not sure how you would know. Now that she's brought this to my attention, do we hear it? No. I think it's all in your mind. This is this place is doing things. Fine. If none of you are going to be brave enough, I'll go investigate. She could it. be hearing things. None of us hear it. I trust her hearing. I am hearing things. That's what I yeah, said. Yeah, she is hearing things. <laughs> and uh, Dandelion, like, uh, you obviously no longer hear it either. It was, um, you know, a, a, a brief moment of movement from whatever may or may not be out there that you heard. It's not a continuous noise. Ah, uh, you scared it away. Which direction was it, Dandelion? I'll go see what it is. It, it was right over there. Okay, Grundle's going to start walking toward the... Uh, direction she pointed. I'll get up and follow and go, you're the only one that can fly. I can't let you die out here. That's very kind of you. Okay, so one of you has a torch? Yeah, I'll, I'll take the... Well, I'll give the torch to him and I'll have my bow out with an arrow notch. Uh, Ravina and Dandelion staying with the campfire? Sure. Yes. Yeah, Ravina's scared. Is our rest over then? We haven't got it yet. No. No, there's nothing stopping you from trying like staying put and trying to get those benefits before investigating i just want to make that clear <laughs> but if the two of you are going <laughs> what kind of timeline are we on here we got like another 30 35 seconds yeah, to go, we're at, or? are we at 59 minutes of this uh... <laughs> <laughs> no grundles he's de he's determined he's not he's not backing down he's he's a brave little illusionist i put my hand on reach down and put my hand on his shoulder and say Keep an eye on the on the bonfire. We don't want to get out of its sights. We can get lost very easily. Yes, that's a good that's a good point. I'll try to keep one eye looking backwards and one eye looking forwards. I will watch the bonfire and pull you back. <laughs> Are the two of you attempting to be stealthy in any capacity? Yes, I'm very stealthy. Yeah, I'd say we're we're trying to listen very carefully, so we're trying to keep ourselves quiet. Okay, then the two of you can give me a stealth check while holding a torch, creeping down this overgrown path, I suppose, but... So with advantage is what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> if only I could give you more disadvantage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, I'm okay. I, I rolled a 15 and a 20, so I'll, I'll, I'll take the 15. I have a 13. Lucky number 13. Uh, so, the two of you now uh, progressing, leaving the ladies back with, with the, the campfire. So, Ravina and Dandelion, as, as they continue down the path, right, and they get out of the 
radius of the campfire shedding the light, you know, that 10 uh, bright and then 10 dim. The second they're kind of past the, the dim light, and, and they put more distance between, like, the edge of their own radius versus yours, as that blackness between, it, like, almost shrinks their light source from your point of view, right, down to, like, a similar, like, sphere or, or point of light that... You can almost like as if it's just like a little pinprick of light bobbing away into the darkness, right? Even though you know they can't be more than like 60 feet away from you, right? Uh, that just seems to be like this this encompassing effect of, of the darkness. Grundle and Malik, as you are moving down this path, like you experience the same thing looking back to and keeping an eye on the campfire. While well, you can still make out the constant source of light, you can't see... Ravina or Dandelion, like, around the, the campfire in its in its light, right? You just see, like, almost like this whitewash or, or like, orange-yellowy wash of fire in this, this small little little point of it. But you take, uh, basically, you, this path continues, and, and again, it's very curvy and twisty, and, and you come around a, a twist, and ahead of you, you see another point of, of light ahead of you. Did you see that, Malik? Yeah. I, I took look back at the fire where we came from. Do I still see a little tiny light? Because I'll stop if we if that light extinguishes from our campfire. Is that still there? Yeah, and it, it is uh, because it's constant. Like, and it's flickering like a flame would, you know, in, in its in its little orb uh, of vision that you have of it. Um, but you know, is if you progress further down the curve in the path, like you'll be out of eyesight of it. As you continue towards the now, like think of it, you're like at almost like this angle right to your left and right. You're at a point that can see down both pathways. Continuing either way will reduce visibility for either source. This forest is uh, is, is unnatural. I feel that if we get outside of the range of our campfire, we, we may be going someplace uh, where we get lost. Maybe... And I pull a rope out of my backpack and I tie it around his waist. Here, you move forward, I'll hold on to you. We'll stay within sight of the campfire. There's something very odd in this forest. See if you can get a good look at what's up there. And I hold on to the other side of the rope. I agree, Something, something's not right here. It's very disorienting and confusing. It's, it's almost like there's a very masterful illusionist around somewhere. Proceed slowly. Okay, Grundle sort of tiptoes forward. He's got one hand, even though it's tied to him, he's he's holding the rope where it comes off of his body. Just he's, he's trying to remain brave, but he's he's a little scared. He's going to get lost all by himself. So one hand on the rope behind him and one hand on the torch in front of him. A little shaky. Slowly moving forward. Okay, and uh, as you do, like, it... Like, the source of light, like, doesn't get larger, um, but it does seem to, like, as if it gets brighter. So, like, this, this tiny, like, globe of light, as you move closer to it, does seem to intensify, right? Until fi- until you're suddenly, like, you've stepped into its radius, and now you, like, immediately get all visibility within it. Uh, so you see that you're now in that ten foot of dim light, 
from a discarded torch that's just lying in the middle of the path. From kind of around you, you hear voices, a, a, a voice speaking out. We're so hungry, starved for blood. Quickly, before the pack gets them. And you can roll initiative. Can, can I hear this? Uh, yes, you can. So Malik and Grendel will start the two of you uh, rolling initiative. Well, I rolled a six. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> uh, 19 for Grendel. Did they update D&D Beyond to not use D20s anymore? Yeah. <laughs> I think I'm using a D6. <laughs> they added the uh, Falzerin plug-in. Oh, that what it is? Yeah. So, um, the short rest. Back back to the short rest. How did that <laughs> come along? <laughs> if only you'd waited. At the same time, you hear the voices grundle. And Malak, obviously, as you can hear them, too. Uh, although, Malik, you don't see what's going on within the torch's uh, circumference. But, Grundle, you hear more, like, you, you now you hear rustling from the trees to the left of, of the, left and right of the, of the path. And stepping into your view from either side of the path. Oh, dear. Uh, they're clearly vampires, as, you know, they have pointed fangs bared the their clothing look like are is in tatters right there it's like they're wearing rags and they look emaciated they're very skinny and uh, bony like you can just there see the the outline of their cheekbones right as their their gaunt faces and they do get a surprise round on you uh, although you are at the top of the order but you cannot take any actions or reactions they get to go in, and both of them just, like, pounce on you, Grundle. Don't get bit! <laughs> don't get bit! Or don't die to a bite. Isn't it dying to the bite that turns you into the vampire? First one, bites. Ooh, only a 13. No, 13 is a miss. Okay, second uh, claw from that same vampire, then. A critical hit. That's a miss as well. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, but instead of uh, instead of inflicting damage, is what they they uh, kind of wrap you up in this grapple. Easily. They would do that, wouldn't they? Do you like scream or make any really loud noises? No, he's completely silent. He's so terrified he can't even choke out a, a, a cry. <laughs> he can't even choke out a poof. <laughs> yeah. Second second vampire is also gonna claw you. Uh, well, that's a miss. And then they're gonna try to bite you. Oh, man, with only a 10. So, wow. Okay, that's pretty good. You got out unscathed so far, but you're grappled currently, so your movement is zero. Malik, obviously, you are subjected to the surprise round as well. So back to the top of round two with Grundle acting. The vampires were just so surprised that anybody fell for their obvious trap that they just couldn't get their wits about them to actually attack. <laughs> it's like when you do something really amazing, you're like, did I just do that? <laughs> <laughs> Thank, thanks, guys. <laughs> Grundle is going to cast Misty Step. You see this silvery mist um, up to 30 feet to an unoccupied space that you can see. So you 
concurrently see about 10 feet behind you and uh, 20 feet ahead of you. The silvery mist sort of just starts to twinkle and appear around me, almost like a little bit of a fog and fairy dust. Then I am gone, and I appear 10 feet behind me. The vampire, I imagine, um, off balance from uh, no longer being able to grapple me, falls prone. And dies. And they fall on a twig, get staked, and die. <laughs> yeah. That's Sometimes a great spell. Right through the heart. awful, awful accidents happen in the forest. It's a dangerous place. Blackwood Forest is a dangerous <laughs> place. <laughs> and then I'm going to uh, run back to Malik. Malik, Malik, there, there's there's enemies back there. I, they, they tried to bite me. I look at the rope, it's still slack. <laughs> I start to pull it a little. What? What? It's not my turn. <laughs> let's let's go let's go back and and get the others. I suppose I have I have enough movement to go more than to Malik, right? I can go past him. Uh, yes, you can. So Malik, uh, you don't obviously you don't see Grundle Misty Step as, um, but you see again this this second kind of point of light right uh, from the torch that Grundle is holding and then you see Grundle uh, running towards you as you come into the circumference of the of the torch and now you two can see each other again so yeah I will say that as I'm running past him back toward Dandelion and Ravina. <laughs> so from my perspective he's going out on this rope close to this light suddenly I hear these voices I see this scuffle up ahead but I really don't see what it is suddenly the rope goes slack and I see him running towards me. Yes. With the torch in his hand. <laughs> That's exactly like this little it. little guy. Ah! <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh Malik and Grendel, you both hear movement in the trees to the left and right of the path from where Grundle kind of originated from where Grundle had, had uh, ran from from the the torch in the path. Malik, can I dash back towards the fire and on my way grab him by the collar and pick him up uh, you can pick him up but you'll be moving at half speed with him so I'll give you your initial 30 and then your dash would be only half okay move 30 grab him and then you can dash and then that's gonna be um, half because you're technically dry I know he's small maybe okay you know what I'll, I'll give you 20 feet of movement of your, of your normal 30 with Grendel because he's small how close to the the campfire will that get me? That's going to get you basically right to the edge of the campfire's radius. That's what I'll do. That'll be my whole turn. Dandelion and Ravina. Now uh, you kind of hear the the you know Grundle squeaks, <laughs> and now the stomping of both Malik and Grundle as they kind of appear at the edge of of the the campfire's light. Prepare for battle. I will jump to my feet. What? What did you see? I'm always prepared. Something attacked Grundle. Yeah, they're they they try they tried to bite me and give me a really uncomfortable hug. Are you okay? I think so. I kind of pat myself down, um, paying a special attention to my poof pouch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ravina and Dandelion, why don't you go ahead and roll initiatives? Eleven. 22. Okay, so Ravina, your first act, once they've gotten back and have uh, basically told you there's a threat out there, 
currently you don't see anything, uh, you know, to shoot with your bow within the radius of the campfire. Has everything fell silent again, or do we hear anything? Well, there so there wasn't really a, a gap in the combat. So remember, this is all just happening like in six seconds bursts, right? So we're, we're just treating it as if this is... We're at the top of a new round now once you've gotten back to the, to the campfire. Well, I will knock an arrow and be ready if I see one as a reaction. Grendel. So the lore behind vampires in the D&D universe, is it similar to what like I might be familiar with with like they don't like crosses and christianity they don't like silver bullets and holy water and all that sort silver of stuff bullets is werewolves, babe. right yes <laughs> I, that's why i was joking when i said anyway uh you can ro- why don't you roll me a give me a history with this advantage because <laughs> you have exhaustion you know what give me a straight roll because vampires are, are quite well known 15 Okay, yeah, yeah, 15. So uh, you are familiar with, like, the lore of, of, uh, like, Vampiric Spawn. And you do know, like, obviously sunlight and holy water. Certainly they're weak, too. What's their opinion on crosses, crucifixes? No such lore exists (laughs) in that regard. I was legit thinking the other day it would suck to be a vampire and not be able to have garlic anymore. Yeah. I mean, like... Is it deadly or is it like just being lactose intolerant and you have some ice cream? You know, you and know, you like just have some <laughs> diarrhea the next day. Like, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so in addition to the holy water, like obviously that encompasses like radiant damage, which would be the equivalent here. So I can't see any of them right now. I'm gonna cast minor illusion. Grundle actually can cast an enhanced minor illusion, so that's not just an, a visual illusion. There can be sound as well. A major illusion? Wow. Yes, I know. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's pretty well studied. He's going to create a um, very holy-looking fountain that has a <laughs> trickling sound of water uh, right in the middle of the path, in front, right in front of Grendel and Malak. And I imagine uh, that will be sufficient to keep the enemies away. Okay. <laughs> how sorry? How large is it? Like a five? It, it takes up a five by five cube. Yes, a five foot cube. Uh, and is there some check to discern whether or not it is uh, real or? I think the typical like it doesn't hold up to physical inspection. More rustling from the trees on either side of of the path. And it does sound like like it's up and above the radius of of the light, right? And then Grundle and Malik, you see this figure just suddenly again, like it's as if you're walking, like kind of again, as I described earlier, like walking through like a curtain, and suddenly like you're past this threshold into like the dim light thrown by the radio, uh, by the campfire, and this vampire spawn lands. Like it's leaped from the from the tree and lands right next to the two of you, uh, and the second one does the same for Dandelion and Ravina. Grundle, you're still the target for Vampire Spawn one with uh, a claw, fifteen to hit. That is tied for my AC. That is a hit, and it will instead uh, try to grapple you again, and then go in for a bite, which is uh, an adjusted twenty. So the bite's going to deal. Four piercing damage, 
and five necrotic damage. And your hit point maximum is reduced by five as literally the their teeth sink into your neck and they drain you of life force. And as it does like the the kind of uh, that malnourished look, right? You see like their their cheeks become fuller as they've they've start to feed on you and, and nourish themselves. Same kind of one-two combo here on Dandelion from Vampire Spawn 2. First up with a claw. Only an eight, so that's gonna miss, I assume. And another claw, which is only an eleven. Uh, oh yeah, I can see apologies. Yes, so yes, as soon as it jumps down, you can take your reaction. Uh, it is unfortunately next to you, so your bowed attack will be with disadvantage, but yes, you can definitely pop off a shot. With disadvantage at 20. That is uh, still a hit. Good job. Uh, six piercing. And as it lands, you know, you're like aiming for its heart. It kind of jigs a little bit as it, you, you catch it in the shoulder as it comes down. Your shot kind of hampering it as it tries to lash out twice at Dandelion missing. And Dandelion, it's your turn. I will use one of my wild shapes, but my star map form, my starry form, and I will start to glow and there'll look, appear a constellation on me of an archer. And as a bonus action, I get to shoot, like I'll mimic drawing back a bow and shooting an arrow, um, but an actual arrow will fly and it will be um, radiant damage. That is you making a ranged attack or do you get to choose whether it's melee or ranged? A ranged attack. So with disadvantage. Um. Grundle uh, slumps to the forest floor. Was a delayed reaction? <laughs> yeah, I, I just had to double oh, check my math. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm dying. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's a 21 to hit. Uh, 21 hits. Uh, <laughs> Grundle. Grundle, okay. Malik, as you see, this vampire spawn has wrapped up Grundle sunk in their teeth into his neck and drained him like Grundle goes like like stark white and limp and Grundle dies in this vampire's arms. No, he goes unconscious. Mm. This vampire has drained the entirety of yeah. your remaining life force and has killed has killed you. That's what happens I know. Wait, what what if I cast shield? Jandelion, <laughs> <laughs> what's your what's your damage? Eleven. It's right on top of me, right? So if I move, it gets an opportunity attack. So I will not move. Malik. So Malik is going to use some monster slayer magic on himself and cast protection from evil and good on himself as a, you know, hey, if the oxygen mask comes down, you put it on yourself before you put it on the kids, right? Well, the kid's dead, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, so that gives them disadvantage on attack rolls against me. And I can't be charmed, frightened, or possessed by them. So that being my action, um, do I have any of them right next to me, or...? Yeah, I mean, the one still has Grendel... Like, it's still feeding on Grendel's lifeless body right next to you. All right, so if I move... Is, is it preoccupied, or is it going to be able to get an opportunity attack against me? You are going to have to take the risk and find out. <laughs> I'm going to, okay. 
<laughs> I am going to, then I'm going to move back about 10 feet and pull my bow out. But I can't, I can't fire this turn, but uh, just get some distance between me and, and the one that's on the dead corpse of Grendel. Back to the top with Ravina. I still probably can't see the one holding Grendel at all, do I? Like, I wouldn't even see it. At Grendel's feet, when he goes limp, he drops the torch he was carrying. So they are, the radius are kind of overlapping now. And I'm putting off 10 feet of light also. Okay, which does actually, would only be five. What did you do to him? And I, I take a shot at the vampire spawn holding Grendel. Okay, you do have one adjacent to you, so that will your shots will be a disadvantage, yeah. 23. <laughs> 15 and 19 again. <laughs> uh, eight piercing. I was just thinking I'll probably probably take another shot, even though it's disadvantage. Um, I'll take a shot at him holding Grendel again. Ooh, that's not as good. That's a eight, uh, ten. That one's a miss. Grendel, Grendel, wake up. Grendel, unfortunately deceased. Vampire spawn. You see, it just discards Grendel's corpse. It gets poisoned by the dead being that it's now sucking on, right? It's like it, no. there's an instant where you have to stop or you there's get a sick poof yourself. That destroys him, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> His final trick is to poof back into existence. Turns right? out that Jeff is a high-level cleric. and he just needs to come clean a poof real quick (laughs) you see as it discards Grundle uh, the damage that you inflicted Ravina like it it wounds like start to knit up and heal uh, as it pounces on Malik goes for a claw disadvantage only 8 second claw 15 Uh, 15 hits and instead of, uh, yeah, instead of damaging you, it, it, it grapples. Dandelion still has a spawn on you. Claws. 23 to hit, but again, it will grapple you and go for a bite. Ah. Critical fail on the bite, uh, which I'm going to I'm gonna rule it like, <laughs> rears its head back too aggressively, and as it goes for the bite, like, it, it throws itself off balance, and you, you break the grapple that it just put on you. Dandelion, your turn. I will do a guiding bolt on him, which is a ranged spell attack that would be a disadvantage. 11. That's a miss. Okay, and then I will mime to shooting a bow again with my starry form archer, which is a bonus action. And that's a nine. Also a miss. Uh, I will say though, for vampire spawn two, its wounds did not heal at the beginning of its turn. Only Vampire Spawn 1. Because of the Radiant? Perhaps. Malik. Okay, so it's right on me. I still have my bow at my hand. So I'm going to attack with it, even though it will be a disadvantage. So uh, that's a 20 with disadvantage. Yeah, that's a hit. 5 Piercing, 2 Radiant. This has uh, this is a magic bow. And uh, it also gives me uh, 1d6 radiant damage, which is that two. I'll do a second attack. And hopefully, let's see again with disadvantage. Uh, 14. That one is a miss. Uh, 
But as your you know your first uh, your first hit strikes it again, like it, it, clearly it, it's its body has been invigorated after feeding on Grundarite, and as your you strike it, um, the additional radiant damage, obviously fully effective, but like it's fine. It, it now has like blood within its physical form to spray that it didn't have before, right? Uh, from your head, as just blood kind of sprays across the path to the top again with Ravina. I, you know what? I can cast um, as a bonus action, I can cast Hunter's Mark on the vampire right next to me. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep my bow in my left hand and grab my dagger with my right and reach out and go for the the dagger. 17 with my dagger. Yeah, it hits. It's only seven, but still seven. Uh, and then I will do another quick stab. So Hunter's Mark, it's every time, yeah? So I'd Yeah, every again. time you hit. Okay, That's right. nice. As long as you maintain concentration. Ooh, that is a 25. So another little ch-ch. And that's 10. 10 stabby damage. Nice hits. Good two, two quick slashes. And like this one, unlike Vampires on one, like as you, you know, your slashes, it's almost, it's given up a bit of a poof vibe. Grendelwood might be happy as like dust from its <laughs> desiccated body as you're slashing, right? As there, there's like no, like, like juices, there's no bodily fluids within it. As they're, they're, these things are starved. Where's Jeff? Jeff? <laughs> uh, good job. It is the vampire responds and now... Both of them had taken uh, radiant damage in the last round, so they neither of them gets to regenerate. Vampire Spawn 2, though, uh, after Ravina, you've just slashed out at it. It's going to take the disengage action, and you see it backs up to the edge of the path behind it, and it just runs right up a tree trunk out of this radius of the light, disappearing into the foliage in the darkness. Vampire Spawn 1, however... Still on, Malik uh, is going to try to slash with a claw. Still a disadvantage, right? Because of your protection. Wow, disadvantage is a nine second claw. That one is a 21. That hits. Uh, this time it's going to just, it's going to deal the damage to you, which is only uh, eight slashing. Dandelion. I will attack the one that's left there. I will uh, guiding bolt again. And it's no longer disadvantaged because he's not right next to me. But it's still only a six to hit. Mm, unfortunately, no. Yeah, and I'll try and do my archer thing again. Ooh, that's a 20 to hit. That's gonna nice. do it. 10 points of damage. Radiant damage. Malik. Okay, I'm gonna uh, keep my bow out. And as I pull back my magic bow, uh, ammunition appears in inside and I sort of try to push it with my foot and loose an arrow into its head. 12 to hit. That's a miss. And uh, my second attack, it's a 21 to hit. There you go. And well, that's 11 piercing damage and one radiant damage. Okay, very good. Uh, what's it What's it look like as I finally, you know, get the arrow into it, maybe on its shoulder or something? Is it uh, still spewing blood and Yes, as you, like you hit like like the opposite shoulder that you did last round, right? Like you hit it in the left the first time, and then the the right this time, and now it's got two shafts sticking out of its its uh, shoulders, and it's the wounds are just dripping 
Grundle's blood, <laughs> presumably. <laughs> Extremely rude. <laughs> All right, to the top with Ravina. So it says that because the guy that ran away is Hunter's Mark, I have advantage. So basically I have a normal check to see if I could find them. It, I know it's dark, but can I do a perception? Sure. 14. Magically with the, the use of Hunter's Mark, like you get a sense of the direction that they fled in. Absolutely. Not enough to like shoot at it. If you would like to pick a spot to fire into threes, absolutely. So go ahead and make your attack. With a 14, I will try it. <laughs> 24. <laughs> okay. You're like, almost like, I can just picture Ravina like, her tail getting a, getting action on the bow, oh, yeah, right? Steady, Holding yeah. it steady. And you just let loose into the, the, the brush. And you can hear like the, the arrowhead like piercing the foliage, the, the thwip, thwip, thwip. And you kind of hear a bit of a, uh, from somewhere <laughs> yes. in the darkness as you've landed this hit. So go ahead and roll your damage. It's, it's good to have a plus eight longbow. That's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> 12. Piercing? Good hit. <laughs> I will, thinking that I heard a hit, I will shoot in the same spot. And that is only a 13. A little too far, a little like inches to the right, snags on a twig as it enters the foliage and you don't hear any, any hit or, or anything but the thwack of it into the trunk of a tree. Get back here and fight like a man. Uh, Vampire Spawn, uh, now Vampire Spawn 1, severely wounded, uh, it too takes the disengage and scampers up, a, literally just running up a trunk into the foliage, into the darkness. Dandelion. So both Vampire Spawns are gone as far as I can tell, and Grundle is laying on the ground, seemingly not doing well. That is a fair assessment. I will run over to Grundle. Oh no, no, oh no, are you okay? Are you okay? And can I do like a medicine check on him or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. To see if, if there's any point in using a healing spell on him? Ten. There's absolutely no movement. Um, like the warmth of his body is already starting to fade. It looks like he's, he's beyond your healing capabilities. Oh, I was just... Getting used to the poofs. How is he? Dead. Are you sure? I was looking up at the trees. Yeah, I, I imagine the rest of our adventure will be poofless. That sucks. He tried his best. He tried. Oh. Grab his body and move it back towards the fire. Let's gather around it. These things could come out of anywhere. I wish we could have finished him off. What suckers running away like that? I guess I'll start to pull him. I'll pull Grundle back towards the campfire. Okay, and uh, you, you pull on his on his body. You see, like he's caught in the spray of, from the vampire's wounds. His poof pouch barely still attached to his belt as you're dragging his body. Uh, well, where I come from, we tend to burn are dead. Does uh, anybody have any objections? Let's wait until these we know these things are gone. Then uh, we'll see what items he has that can be useful to us to get out of here. Hopefully we can take his body back. 
should definitely save his poof, poof pouch. His family would want it back or something. Do, do we hear anything up in the trees anymore? As we're all waiting for this, these things to jump out at us. Yes, as you've kind of uh, assembled around the campfire, each of you can give me a perception check uh, with disadvantage. Grundle, you fail. <laughs> 13. 16. Vandalina's too busy looking at trying to assess what happened to him and how best to proceed. She's not even paying attention. None of you hear any signs of movement uh, within the foliage of the canopy around you as, you know, you're, the, the seconds kind of tick by as, as you've all still got a, a hand on your weapons, right, just ready in case they appear again within the, the light of, of the campfire. And it, it seems, you know, a, a number of minutes tick by again as, as, as accurately as you can assess the passage of time in this strange black void of a forest and it seems you you're alone I don't think it's a good idea to stay here they know where we are they could gather more and come back but we do need rest I could give us some healing but not enough I don't think yeah we needed to rest before we investigated all that oh whatever this is why you don't hire random people this is why you choose mercenaries for these jobs I blame Wolfgang. Let's, let's regather ourselves here. Look and see what Grendel has on him that could be useful. Then uh, try to rest and then make way as soon as we can. As soon as we all feel better. The bonfire's gone, too. Uh, I think if we can light a torch, sort of put it in the middle, pull Grendel's little body up over by the torch, sort of look through his items. As uh, one of us looked through the items as the other two are sort of scanning the darkness for noises or sounds. Okay, do you want to try to get in the short rest? Yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I want to try to can. rest. Uh, and, and yeah, you're, you're kind of looking through Grundle's uh, belongings, <laughs> scavenging, scavenging the dead, and, uh, you know, enough time passes where you all can expend some hit dice to regain... Some HP, uh, as per the short rest rules. Uh, you're each able to kind of take the useful items uh, that Grundle would have on him. And, you know, as, as, the, as the time is passing, again, you don't hear any signs of anything around you for that, that hour-ish, right? Whether or not it's longer or shorter, uh, depending on, t again, time passage. Every time I give you a time period, don't take it for a fact, right? Or for like a... <laughs> But uh, what, are you, what are you doing now after your short rest? Are we going to take the body? Uh, do you want to carry him? Like I said, it is my custom to burn our dead. To release them back to nature. So they may nourish the earth. If that's your will, I step back and sort of hold my hand out to the body. Let's make it happen quickly so we can move on. I don't really want to carry him with us, and we're going to still find Victor, right? Yes. And I will lean over his body, and I will silently say a few words, and make sure we got everything of use off of him, and pull out my, I want to say, Titten Flinder, and I know that's not right. Titten! Titten Flinder! 
It's how Grundle would have wanted to go. <laughs> <laughs> Flint, 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 and ten, Tinder. I will pull out my fire-making devices and I will uh, light him up and step back. Okay, uh, we have been over this before. Um, that's not how you burn a corpse. Like that's not going to. You know what I mean? Like his clothes will catch on fire. Sure. I don't know her rituals. If you want to reduce him to ashes, <laughs> that's like that's not gonna work. But you know what I mean. I mean, we're pressed for time here. <laughs> okay, yeah. so you you light up. She'll okay, you light on his rope. He'll <laughs> settle for just his clothes burning. <laughs> okay, that's she's been amazing. trying to get his clothes off this whole time. <laughs> I'll do whatever it is you're supposed to do to burn a body, but the. Well, you, you would need to create a fairly large bonfire to, like... I'm not going to create a bonfire. Okay, that's, a that's what I mean. And, like, I also remind you, uh, when you first got into the forest, Malik attempted to try to cut one of the trees, and his axe broke. Knowing all that, I'll just settle for his clothes burning and getting him a bit of a singe <laughs> and calling it good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so you successfully light uh, Grundle's robes. <laughs> Shall we? Uh, that, is that the on? ritual? Do we like say anything or? I did. I took care of it. You're uh, Grundle. Goodbye, Grundle. You're you're a dude that took risks and uh, and made poofs. Uh, you will maybe be missed. Let's go. And I turn and and walk the uh, the direction we were proceeding prior to this whole thing happening. Yes. Okay. And and Dandelion, like the the divining rod, will guide you down the path. Towards where you had first encountered encountered the vampires, or where Grundle had first encountered the vampires, Grundle, you feel three sensations now. The first is the coppery taste of the vampire's blood that's sprayed into your corpse's mouth. You taste it on your tongue. The second is you hear a thump, 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 like three thump, 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 thump. Thump, 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 thump. The party's heartbeats as they, as they, you know, they fade, right? You can hear the thrumming in your own mind. And then the third, of course, courtesy of Dandelion, is the scorched <laughs> flesh on your <laughs> vampiric body as you rise. I'm oh so hungry. Psst. Hey, are you still listening? You want to keep up with the incorrigibles? Our website, incorrigibleparty.com, has all of our links. Twitter, Facebook, Discord, Instagram. Sometimes we're Twitchers, too. You want to support our show? We have a Patreon where you can get exclusive content, early access to episodes, and more. Thanks for your support and helping our show grow. We want to thank Tabletop Audio for ambient sounds and music. We want to thank James Merce Music for our intro song. And our sponsor, Critical Hit Design. Visit criticalhitdesign.com. Happy adventuring! This has been a Sounds of Steel production.